to live righteously. It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall, and as that music indicated, it is yet again another Articles of News. I should stop to tell you uh, there is huge things within this Articles of News, one of which in the third block, we're going to talk all about that multi-million dollar artifact sale that's going on $3.4 million, 4,000 artifacts of LDS Church. Uh, we've got uh, some folks that are going to come in in the third block and tell us about some of those items, why they're so significant, and who the collector was that put those all together. But the other piece that's exciting about this particular episode is we are joined uh, by Kurt Frankham from Leading Saints in his first podcast ever. I'm so excited that you'll be doing your first podcast ever uh, ever in everness. Thank you for being here. Is, uh, is this on? How, yeah. Does this work? Is that how that does it? Okay. Hey, Richie. Here if, I am. Uh, if people have the video, which you can have by being a Patreon saint of the cultural hall, uh, by paying just as little as $5 a month, or I will tell you uh, that now until the end of the year, you can buy the yearly uh, Patreon membership and you can save yourself some money. We let you save 10% because we know you pay the 10% somewhere else. You can become a Patreon saint of the cultural hall, and you can see that he is wearing a T-shirt that we got when we That's were right. roomies together. I support podcasters, Richie. This yeah. is we got in uh, where was that Tennessee? We yeah, were Nashville. Nashville, and uh, yeah, we uh, we uh, shared a a room, but not the same bed, and yeah. uh, enjoyed our we, our time in Nashville. We were basically like mission companions for a couple of days. That's right. Uh, except we got, and yeah. Except we got to choose each other, and I think at the end we were ready for transfers to go back to our eternal companions. Did we get to choose each other? I think you were the only person at the conference that I knew. So, so you chose it was me. Convenient. Okay. Uh, I don't want to say that choosing. you begged to be my roommate to save a little bit of money. <laughs> although that's how it went down. That's how it went down. It was uh, good. Yeah. So, Kurt, let me ask you, yes. what's new over at Leading Saints? Oh, boy. Well, it's the end of the year, and uh, we are uh, we're, we're getting ready for a virtual summit. That's what we do, Richie. You know, uh -huh. I always shake you down every few months for uh, some promotion as we do virtual summits. This, this upcoming one, which will be happening in uh, January or February, will be Young Saints, all about how to lead the rising generation. And, you know, leading youth, that's something we deal with in the church. So. When we're talking about youth, like 12 to 18, or are we talking like 6 to 18 when we uh, define youth? I guess we, we've conflated it with uh, young adults as well. So we'll be talking about everything from 12 to, let's say, 26. Okay, okay. So younger folks. Youth yeah. is not accurate. Yeah, youth. That's why we call it young saints. Okay, Richard. So okay. I should have, uh, okay. yeah. The, okay. the rising generation, nonetheless. Okay. So, yeah. And there will be a hush that'll fall over the crowd, for they oh, yeah. were raised in the time of <laughs> Gordon B. Hinckley. Remember That's that? Right. If I get to heaven and there's no hush, I'm yeah. going to be really mad. Hey, cause... where's my hush? They're like, you're a Gen Xer, pal. <laughs> there's nice. no hush. People barely remember that you were getting to heaven. That's right. So if but, people, uh, if people want to get more information about the Young Saints Summit, how do they do that? Uh, probably at some point I'll create a uh, URL that's leadingsaints.org slash young or something, but uh, they can always go to leadingsaints.org slash subscribe and make sure you're on our newsletter and we will uh, definitely make sure you 
don't miss the details. So well, and if you listen to consistently to the Culture Hall, click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Uh, as Kurt mentioned, you'll hear ads as it gets closer to the Young Saints yep. Summit, so you'll be able to hear all about that. Uh, yeah. What about you personally? Anything exciting going on? Uh, you know, just the Christmas thing. We got we're going to Idaho for uh, Christmas, at least a few days before Christmas. See, there's this dynamic that happens about this stage of my uh, raising children life where you can't really go places for Christmas right, right. because you got a bunch of stuff that you got to take and then right. you got a bunch of stuff you got to bring back. So we're going to go do the family thing in Eastern Idaho, Blackfoot to be more specific. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then uh, probably Christmas Eve morning, we'll make the trek back home to Tooele County. And uh, here we'll do old Christmas thing. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. How about now, let you? Me, now, now, let me ask you this. Uh, when do you think you'll get to the point where you don't travel anymore? Because there is that point in every family's life where you're like, we've got too much parents. If you want to see us, you come to us. You know, that's interesting because my, my wife has, uh, she's the oldest of seven. So there's all sorts of sibling dynamics happening. And uh, I would say, I don't know if that, I don't know, maybe another five years or so, but I don't know if I can, I can win that, uh, that, that debate. Cause obviously my wife wants to go home at some point. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But, Have you ever done the holidays away from family? Uh, no, it's like, pretty, a, it's pretty glorious. Oh, I bet. Like yeah. and almost like a vacation Christmas. Yeah. Type yeah. 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 That'd be nice. One, one time I, uh, I was in Hawaii for Christmas. Actually, wow. I did that a couple of times. Mainly because my ex-wife and I always fought about whose family we were going to the holidays for. And so instead of having the all-out drag-out fight, we just decided we'd go somewhere else. Um, But this year, relationship is intact and perfectly fantastic. And we're (laughs) going to go somewhere else because we're like, let's get out. Let's go somewhere else for the holidays. So where's it going to be? We're going to the uh, Orcas Island for up in uh, Washington. Okay. It's not, not warm. It's not a time to go to that place. <laughs> the sun's up for like five hours because it's far enough north and it'll be around the shortest day of the year. It's not mm. a glorious time, but it is a time to go hunker down, sit by a fire and not have to deal with people. Now, is that relatively close to where your mom lives? It is in the house that my mom oh, normally okay. lives, but gotcha. she's here in Utah for the holidays. So we said, can we stay in your place? And she said, you bet. And I said, please and thank you. So we're we're going to go stay at her house. And, and is Robert going with you? Of course. That's another course. great thing. When you nice. when you do the road trip travel, you can take the dog with you. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, that sounds fun. That'd be yeah. good. You know, uh, we're going to get into articles of news, but um, I I want to ask you, when, I, when we were talking before uh, with Leading Saints, you've had the opportunity to, I think, be, I know a bishop, uh, at least a time. Have you ever been in a stake presidency before? Yeah, yeah. I was a uh, first counselor of state presidency okay. for two years. <laughs> uh, and I was giving you a hard time because you're recently in a new ward and stake and how, you know, you needed to aspire to uh, those callings as soon as you possibly could. <laughs> I need fo- I need follow-up. Uh, have you been able to, to clinch one of those positions in your new ward? Well, you know, I've been passing a series of petitions around, campaigning, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies. And, well, you uh, you literally, I think it was the last time you, you were here in the cultural hall, we talked about how you have ice cream socials with people in your ward to get to know them. If there could be a more blatant <laughs> oh, come attempt on. to be able to get to know, you know, just, I'm just getting to know my neighbors. Wink, wink. <laughs> Do they get a vote at some point? Is well, there a I mean, ballot people, they submit? People vote with their familiarity. The question <laughs> remains, have you been able to 
to weasel your way in out there? My aspiring has landed me as the assistant ward mission leader. Now, I don't know if I'm assistant to the ward mission leader. Yeah, it's but, the assistant uh, to the ward mission okay. leader. Okay, all right. Well, I don't know. It depends on the Sunday, you know. Uh -huh. But uh, yeah, so I'm the assistant uh, ward mission leader, and uh, it's I'm rocking it. It's fun. It's, cool. And uh, we'll see. <laughs> That's about as far as my aspiring has led me. So, Have, have you ever been a ward mission leader or assistant ward mission leader or assistant to the ward mission leader before? I think this is my first go at uh, the uh, the ward mission. So it's there been fun though. Yeah. And the ice cream socials, I like ice cream. I like people like yeah. to get to know my neighbors. So uh -huh. yeah, uh, so it's not, it's not I'm... aspiring. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, here, here, so here's the little bit about me recently. Um, th this is a thought that I've had and uh, oh boy. And, and, and I, and I think it's, I think it's where I'm headed next as far as my life goes. Okay. Are you ready for this? Wow. Sure. Break it down. I think I'm going to run for mayor. Ooh. Of uh, the, your Taylorsville. new city? Taylorsville. Of Taylorsville. Yeah. Okay. So what? what's the, uh, how, how's, uh, how's it looking? I mean, what are your chances? Well, so uh, I'd have the letter in front of my name that not a lot of Utahns have in front of their name if they were to run. So I would probably run at least primarily unopposed. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's an interesting familial dynamic at this point, um, because my aunt is the current mayor oh, of really? the city. So, so, so you're like vice mayor for, uh, for all I, I don't and think purposes. that, I don't think they have vice mayors or <laughs> well, I'm saying, or, I mean, you're, you're next second in line. gentleman or second gentleman. My wife said, Hey, maybe you should think about being like on the city council or something like that. And I said, I don't want to be a city council person. I'd like to be the mayor. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's about as much as I've thought this through. Nice. And, uh, so is your aunt planning on retiring or? So she just ran unopposed with the other letter in front of her name. Uh, and, and, uh, I think she's done a great job and that's part of why I think that I might run because I don't think she's going to run for a third term. And I think the same last name, I think that people won't look past necessarily the last name. And I think that I might just be able to be like, yeah, here, yeah, you, you know, us, <laughs> you know, us Stedmans, we're good people put us in. And uh, and you will rule with tyranny, right? Yeah, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> tyranny from the second I get in there. I'll do things like care for people and fund programs that will help people be better. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, how long? I mean, if I was put in a position like that, it would be, I don't know, I could probably make it two weeks before somebody's like, oh, you have no idea what you're doing. Do you? Well, I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> you feel yeah. confident in that? Yeah. So, so here's what I know. I feel like I'm a pretty good listener and I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of like, who would be a good person to surround me in this position. Yeah. And so that's where I feel like I would be good. It's like, if in fact, and there, this will never occur, but if in fact it ever occurred that I was called to some sort of like, um, church functional leader, priest or uh, elders quorum president or bishop, like, you know who would be the ones who would actually be running the thing would be the first and second counselor. And I would be able to, and to, and to be fair to my strength would be right. the one that's like, hi, I, I want to hear what's going on. I'd love to meet you. What can I do to help you? And then Kurt, go ahead and take care of that. This guy, this is what this guy needs. Help us know how we can do, be able to do it. But, but the other part of that function is probably not 
what would be my strength, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, you got my vote, even yeah. though I don't live in Taylor's. No, you but, don't get a vote, uh, but, but, uh, <laughs> officially, you know, officially, unofficially, officially, unofficially, uh, declaring my candidacy right now for a mayor of Taylorsville. And, and when's the, the next election for the mayor? Uh, well, they just had it. So it's either in two okay. years or four years. Nice. Uh, I'm not sure at the rate that my house, uh, renovating is going, I'm not sure that I'll be there by next uh, election cycle. It's nice. such a disaster. I can't handle it. <laughs> and how's that going? I mean, what terrible. is terrible. It's uh, terrible. What do you mean by terrible, Richie? Like what's the, what's the holdup? I don't have there. walls. Ever, anywhere. Uh, none, none. There's literally not a wall upstairs. So I mean, except did you for think the about, outer walls. Did you think about like taking this one room at a time type thing? Like sure. living there? Sure. Was it like you just it was not a place you could have lived? Or? I I no, it's a place I could have lived, but you know how like when you could have lived somewhere and you get in and you're like, oh, this is not great. This is not what I want. That's what it'd have been like. Yeah. And it's a little bit more affordable if you're just like, let's take the whole thing. Let's just do this now. Just take the whole thing. That's what we've sort of done. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. But we're we're uh, we're following Brother Ramsey's uh, plan. We're going to be debt free. Do a scream, all the things. Freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard yeah. the screams. Yeah, I haven't done the scream quite yet. Yeah, no, I'll working on it. Fifteen year, fifteen year fixed on a quarter of my income. Ooh. I listen to that. I listen to that podcast so much. It's disgusting. It's just disgusting. <laughs> nice. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're trying, trying to get out of debt and trying to have a life that I go. <sighs> Is that possible? <laughs> I mean, they say. They say. Right? I've met people. I've met people who do it. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll do actual articles of news. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. It's time for the second half of Articles of News, wherein we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. Now, fair warning, as we mentioned in our last Articles of News, uh, a lot of these stories are old because we didn't do news for like six weeks. So you might be thinking, wait, this happened again? Nope. We're just finally getting around to talking about it. Uh, or you might be thinking, oh, that happened? And it could be something that comes in while we're talking about the news. So it's an opportunity to weigh in to have a little bit of an opinion on the different news articles that have come out from the church in the last little while. Um, so I want to start with this one. Jana Reese, she writes about um, tithing, Mormon tithing revisited, um, and about how you know, in her time in the church, especially as we talk about tithing settlement in this time of year, she talks about how she has reassessed how she helps different organizations and, and how some can consider that to be tithing. Now, when you talk about tithing, Kurt, and 10% of your increase, yeah. do you pay that all to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in order to consider yourself to be a full tithe payer? Well, uh that's a very personal question, Richie, but uh, yes, I do. 
I do. I ten percent to the to the church and uh, on on gross. I guess is that what? what we Are you you're a gross guy. I'm a gross guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, now let me ask you this. If you heard, if I said, hey, you know what I like to do? I like to pay 5% to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and then I take the other 5% and I donate those to, let's, for the sake of qualifying these organizations, let's call them 501c3s, you know, those nonprofit organizations like Leading Saints is. That's right. <laughs> and why you should maybe donate there, because it is a tax uh, write-off. Uh, do you consider... Or rather, what would you say if I came to you in an ecclesiastical, which is not your position, if I said, hey, listen, I pay 10%, but I give 5% to the church and I give 5% elsewhere? What would I say? Yeah, what, do you, what would you say? Well, I got, you know, my time serving in such positions, I got this question every once in a while, and I'd often flip open the handbook and I'd read word for word the line, uh, you know, is I, which I don't know verbatim, but uh, that we don't define what that is. And so you, that's up to you and God and go for it. And we hope to see you on Sunday. Thanks. Yeah, because as I understand it, and this isn't necessary, I'm not trying to point out a loophole to folks, but if I go in and I say, hey, do you, you know, then the bishop says, do you consider yourself to be a full tithe payer as you go into, you know, your tithing settlement? Yes, I do. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And uh, even now, like, uh, the, you know, the records don't really, you know, with people paying online and, and, or paying through, uh, you know, you pay through like donating stocks to the church and things sure. like sometimes that number that's on the, the, uh, tithing settlement, uh, printout is not necessarily, you know, you can't just add, add a zero and, and know that that's the, the full amount that that individual made. Right. So yeah. a lot of time you just have to say, great. You said, yes, wonderful. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. A lot of people giving her flack saying, nope, it's 10% to the church because the Lord's anointed know what to do with it. <laughs> uh, I, and I don't know. I've, ne I've never done it in the way uh, that, that she's talking about or that she, she suggests. And I, I guess I find it sort of curious. I, right. I do think, I, as I have gotten older, I've thought about how there it would be an interesting thing to do, like 9% of the church, save the 1% and be able to like when you meet people that are in need and be able to actually go do something, whereas instead of having that be an extra, you know, sort of yeah. offering. And and I would argue, like, if you take uh, all the, you know, nonprofit 501c3 charities that actually have a, a function of supporting the poor and the needy, I mean, that was another, um, you know, even through the the fast offering funds, which obviously is different than tithing, but just to see how that process works and, you know, the waste that is avoided um, because of just how they do things. Uh, you know, the, a lot of people are helped through those, those resources. And, uh, and so I think, you know, any putting any money with the church, in my opinion, would be a good place to put it. For so. sure. For sure. All that to say, I think they lost 1 billion last quarter. I think that's <laughs> another news article. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the trib has this, one person that just that licks their lips as that report comes out every month where uh it's sort of i, I don't i think it's an sec report that uh i forget the is it enzyme or what's the uh yeah enzyme peak is the name of the uh like financial group or whatever that has to report now ever right. since that whistleblower a couple of years ago and they report what we we the collective church invested in how much they grossed or that they lost and yeah, and there's a, I think a 3.5 percent uh, loss in last week their last quarter's numbers, and uh, they always pick apart as far as 
uh, what they're invested in and why. And I think a few months ago, they someone pointed out that the church was invested in the, the game stock. Like they, they benefited from the GameStop uh, debacle that happened. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, year. they rode that wave to like 600 million, something ridiculous. Yeah. Some people would argue that that's gambling. Some people would say that's investing, quit trying to make the church being, you know, <laughs> it, it's so funny the way we intersect stuff like money. Right. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that overall the, you know, good, good stuff is happening with that money. Uh, tell me, what stories do you have, my friend? Well, we got the, uh, I think last week in the, your articles of news, you mentioned the, the missionary who was uh, in, in Alabama who was shot, unfortunately. Yes. Oh. Um, and he is making a, a, a recovery. It says, uh, Desert News reports, the full-time missionary who was shot multiple times last week in Alabama remains in serious condition, but is showing signs of improvement, according to a spokesperson for the church. Uh, Elder Michael... Faber, 18, of Dayton, Ohio, and two other missionaries were in the group uh, of people in the Birmingham Stake Center uh, when that went down. And so uh, I think he's he'll make a, a full recovery. And it's interesting. I won't share any personal details. I, I'm probably not at liberty to share. But my bishop's uh, in-laws are the mission presidents there in Alabama, and he <laughs> shared a little bit about you know the the family messages going back and forth and the the faith of of Elder. Uh, Faber, I, I probably am saying that wrong, but um, and it's glad to, I'm it's just like so relieving when at least a recovery will come out of this and it's not super tragic. It, it's an interesting principle, and I've thought this for a while. Um, it, it takes a little bit of preparation, but like when you're in church doing activities, like I think I'm starting to get of the mind of you lock the door and you leave a phone number on the door that says, Hey, for everybody's safety. So we don't have to go searching through every single room with a you know big flashlight at the end of the night, that kind of stuff. Like you get everybody in, church ball, ward activity, and then you lock the door and you just say, yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're going we're gonna to keep everybody out. It, as, when I first saw the story, I thought that it was a, a church ball incident gone bad, meaning you know they had maybe some member of the community there playing ball with them and he got mad or whatever, and yeah. then went and grabbed a gun and came in. I, I legitimately thought that's what the yeah. story was. Yeah. Um, but as it turns out, it was that wasn't what it was. Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, I remember a, a case a few years back, we had a some sisters that would get together in the mornings and go do, you know, a morning workout and just use the, the gym for, for that type of thing. And, uh, they, they witnessed somebody sort of coming in and then they couldn't find the person. I think it was a homeless person or something like that. that and they just sort of disappeared. And then, you know, they're not just going to hang out while they wonder where that person went. And, you know, they called the police and then police came and did a full search of everything. And, and uh, didn't find him. He must have not come in or, or stayed or whatnot. But it's one of those things of yeah. Like, do you have somebody at the, at the door? I guess it, it really depends on maybe the area you're in or if there's a lot of traffic or whatnot. But it's uh, it's tricky. Yeah, I think you get people in, put a sign on the door that says, "Hey, if you want to get in, we'd love to have you be in here. Call this number or knock or you know, every once in a while you go out and check." But even with this, like, you know, I think this, especially as a missionary, you see this individual who's not a member of the church come in and participate in the activity. You're thinking, yeah, come on in. You know, you mm -hmm, don't, mm -hmm. you don't think to do a full screening or ask for specific questions. Before or... you come in, we've just got a few questions we'd like to ask you. One, are you packing heat? Uh, two, <laughs> right. yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, this from um, Portsmouth or Portsmouth, uh, Virginia. Uh, this is a little while back, right around 1230 uh, on this particular day. And this is going back to m- mid to late November. Uh, a 17 year old boy suffered life threatening injuries uh, and then walked to the hospital after he was shot in an LDS church parking lot. He wasn't necessarily wow. a member of the church, but just kind of walking by, and that's where the incident happened. Dang. Be careful. And, and, and he's okay? As all reports indicate that he, is, that he okay. is okay, that he will make a full recovery. Nice. Um, other things, Roots Tech, you know, the big uh, family history uh, hoop de Been there, yeah. Now, when you go, do you go because you like history or because you like large groups of people, or what are you doing there? <laughs> now you're calling me out because the one time I, I did go was because I was hired as a caricature artist, and they had some caricatures there. Really? So that's that's what got me there. Yeah, they that's had like nine fun. of us. That's the longest caricature gig I've done. It was like eight to nine hours of Ooh. just straight drawing. So. That paid a mortgage payment, though, I bet. Oh, yeah, or yeah. two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is now um, going to be completely online. It's scheduled for March 3rd through the 5th. The theme this year is Choose Connection. And we talked with Annette Luthi Lyon in a, in a way past um, articles of news about how they thought, oh, maybe they'd get 100,000 people that would show up online. Oh, maybe they'd get 250,000 people. Over a million people logged into the Last Roots Tech, and the church is starting to go. Now, now, now wait a minute. There might be something to this online uh, sort of thing. Um, with the recent cancellation of women's conference, my bet is that they're going to just make uh, education week that much bigger and that there won't be a women's or men's conference, you know, anymore. They'll just blow up, uh, education week to make it a bigger deal, uh, with roots tech being able to be reached online, being able to be translated into a bunch of language, uh, languages, uh, roots tech 2022 classes will include a, a mix of on demand live stream and interactive sessions. So hoping to be able to get Steve Rockwood, the CEO of family search on a future episode here. Yeah. And they always have like, uh, interesting keynotes that come in, you know, yeah. that, uh, random people from just, you know, different, uh, <laughs> different subsets of the world and to speak. And it's awesome. Uh, what else do you have? So did you do that story about the LDS church volunteers help local synagogue overcome facility problems? And no, did time not. for Hanukkah. Well, uh, members of local synagogue, Temple Emmanuel, uh, and this is from the Idaho State Journal. So this Idaho, uh, I think Pocatello area, say a supportive community and volunteer work by friends with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints helped them have an especially happy Hanukkah this holiday season. And it says further down that the... Um, on Saturday morning in early 2019, the LDS Church sent a group of about 40 volunteers to help uh, rip out the dead sod and hauled away a dozen truckloads of debris. Two weeks later, a second group of LDS volunteers showed up to install the new sod. Um, and the uh, so the temple, the synagogue has, has coped with a string of facility challenges throughout the past three years, needing major repairs, have all been made with the support from generous interfaith communities. Um, and that includes the, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So this is, this is cool when a community comes together like this and says, we got you, you know, I love it. And I don't think that it's a thing in the past that we would have done right. Yeah. Fairly siloed in the past, but I think, um, whether it's because we're like, man, people of faith, we all need to stick together. Or it's like, man, interfaith is our charge. Like there seems to be so much more of like, you need a place, come on in. 
what are yeah. we doing together? Let's let's help those people out the way that I yeah. feel like certainly Christianity should be. I know this is a Jewish, you know, synagogue, but just right. like believers in God in general, like we're like, let's right. do this. And I think especially, you know, in an area like Idaho and and something we could continue to do in Utah as well is reach out to those, you know, you sometimes drive by a, a, a chapel or a church of a different faith and you're like, oh yeah, I kind of didn't notice it there where as you've passed like four more, you know, Latter-day Saint chapels. Mm -hmm. um, but the more we can just say, hey, you know, uh, what can we help you with? We sort of take for granted the fact that, you know, we just carpet people come and fix that that rip in the carpet or the landscaper people come and do the landscaping and other churches don't necessarily have those resources to make that happen. So we can uh, offer a hand. All right. Are you ready for a pop quiz? Oh boy. Let's this, do it. The folks over at LDS living, uh, they put out an article about what the church has actually said about the following. And I love this. The headline oh was green tea, but it also talks about several other things. So what has the church actually said about the following? That's the game. Kurt okay, is the I'm player. not Googling anything. Nope, uh, I will nope. sit here and what, uh, answer these. What does the church teach about green tea? Can we drink it or no? No, we cannot. Now, but here's the... Uh, sorry. Oh, is yeah, that, go ahead. You want to break go down ahead. each one? Oh, you want to give context? <laughs> Fine. Because <laughs> green tea, obviously, is something you can drink, but like it seems like in every protein health bar or... There, there's always this green tea in the ingredients, right? So it, it's so interesting how more complex the word of wisdom is nowadays because there's just so many types of different products and things that that contain these substances. So I don't know. It's it's uh, tricky. Back to the quiz. Back okay, to the sorry. quiz. What about vaping? What does the church say about vaping? Just a minute. <laughs> well, what... <laughs> Ooh, cotton candy flavor. I like this. Um, uh, it says no, no, no bueno on the vaping. What about mocha, latte, or macchiato? I would say no. And what about iced tea? No. It's not a hot drink, Kurt. I know. It's often cold. Yep. But no. As no in bueno. iced? All right. Way to go. You pass. <laughs> I love the regurgitation that sometimes occurs within LDS Living. Here's something that we know will get people excited again. Let's share this again. You know, sometimes you got to turn into BuzzFeed to get those sure. clicks. You know? Well, and the other thing is, like, if you look at the word of wisdom as like a prescriptive of do's and don'ts, you're doing it wrong. Go ahead. Come at me. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because All if right. you because if you go, well, why if green tea is this natural product that allows my system blah blah, but you're going to go ahead and drink the energy drinks, what sense does that make? You're right, it makes no sense. You just have to believe <laughs> that right. God has instilled prophets who have told us this these are the things to not do and just go with it. Right. Because yeah. beyond that, it it in some ways doesn't make sense. You know, yeah. take care of your bodies. Okay, well, wait a minute. Like, we're there's a whole group of us that aren't exercising or, you know, sleeping properly or drinking enough water or whatever the thing may be. How does that make sense? It doesn't. It's a bigger thing than yeah. all that. You know, and ever so often, it seems like there someone references a study about, oh, you know, Latter-day Saints live 10 years longer than the average population. And that's because of the word of wisdom. And I think, and, and maybe those studies are true. I haven't necessarily looked at the validity of those, but even if they're true, I often think like, I don't necessarily think it's just because of the word of wisdom. There may be some other variables there because, uh, 
man, there's a whole lot that we do outside of the word of wisdom that uh, kills us softly, if mm-hmm. you will. With your song? That's Two right. times. <laughs> Two times. Uh, Saints Volume 3 coming soon. Ooh, I love me some Saints. Have you read them, Richie? Uh, I, I, got, I got really into the first one, and I'll be the first one to admit I haven't cracked the cover Oof. of Saints 2. I was pleasantly surprised with with uh, Saints too. I get gained so much respect for Wilford Woodruff and like the tough decisions and situations he was put in, um, and uh, yeah, well worth a read. So I will be I'll be jumping in, but I'm do, I'm a reader. Do they find Curly's gold in Saints too? Ooh, I, you know? I would I can't tell you that okay, would spoil okay, the okay. whole right. volume. Uh, in Saints Volume Three, we learn about the history of the church and its growth throughout Europe, including Czechoslovakia, France, Germany, the Netherlands, and the United Kingdom. We learn about the church's response to a global economic crisis and two world wars. We learn about political and financial pressures for the church in America, how the church addressed its past of polygamy, and the history of the Swiss temple and how it came to influence the development of all the other temples. So I'll get back into it. Nice. I'll be the guy lining up at, you know, Deseret Book, like when the Harry Potter books came out. Yeah, Mm -hmm, that's, mm -hmm. that's just where... That's You'll be the one I... dressed like a wizard waiting to get your hands on Saints 3. No, I'll be I'll be dressed like uh, Wilford Woodruff. Perfect. <laughs> so sort of like a wizard. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> different, That's right. different hat. Different hat, different authority. So. Uh, you, did you see this article and, and have you put any thought to it about um, President Nelson asking uh, other apostles to dedicate temples? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was... Uh, an interesting you know, it's, it's one of those things they say and they're like oh yeah that is true that it's usually a random apostle that's uh dedicating dedicating temple it used to be like primarily just a first presidency thing right right I mean, uh he he's given it the opportunity to um other apostles um as a way to be inclusive um i think it's also very much a way to be in training i think yeah. that some areas of the world mean more to you know, other apostles, not to say that President Nelson doesn't love Uganda or something like that, right? Or Alabama or, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. but there are certainly people like I know Elder Bednar spent a great deal of time in, in and or around Alabama, as I want to say, or Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas, yeah. Arkansas, yeah. State president there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if there was something like that down there, it would likely be Elder Bednar that would be with it because he knows the people. He, he's yeah. been sort of around it. That to me just just makes sense. And as a training thing to be like, hey, literal future leaders of the church once I pass on, yeah, I want you to have the opportunity to do it. He's dead, you know, he's announced 30... 50 something temples thousand yeah, yeah 192 <laughs> you know yeah, temples. I, if he I, did them all he first of all couldn't do them all and second of all you know why not spread it around yeah i remember when the brigham city temple was dedicated and they sent uh president packer who was just who was an apostle um and i that was sort of the first time i thought oh yeah an apostle can do this like it doesn't have to be the first presidency and it's interesting when they do send that apostle there's nobody that sort of outranks him in in uh you know, in authority or whatnot, they they just sort of send them there and they do the thing and it's awesome. So this is a great opportunity. Yeah. What other news stories do you have? Well, you know, I don't know how far back. Do it. Uh, and I'll tell you if we've done it before. <laughs> and a lot of these you did, you did a long list uh, in last week's news, but sure. uh, did you talk about, I don't know, I'm stretching here, Bronco Mendenhall. Uh, you know, anything? I don't think that we did. I, and, and this is worthwhile because now I want to visit with him. And if you saw his press conference, super cool. Yeah. 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 Re- 
uh, well worth a watch. I'm a, I'm a big Bronco fan as being a big BYU fan and whatnot, but, uh, yeah, so he's been at, uh, at Vir- the university of Virginia coaching football, which is a, an elite, I mean, spot as, as far as like coaching football, spending a career at the university of Virginia is not a bad gig. Yeah. Um, and, uh, six years into the gig had millions of dollars to, to earn to throughout the rest of his contract. And he said, you know what, I got to step away. And it was a very, you talked about it being a very spiritual decision and, uh, and just taking some time for a breather between him and his wife and as they're soon to be empty nesters and, uh, see how it goes. Now, a lot of people are speculating, like, uh, is there, there's gotta be something else. Maybe, uh, there's sure. a, a mission call coming or whatnot, but I just, I have a hard time unless there's some strong, uh, inspiration coming through. I don't think the, the church would want to remove someone like Bronco from such a, a you know, impressionable position. Uh, at a major university and, you know, just his presence there uh, speaks volumes for uh, what a, being a Latter-day Saint is and, and as people see his life and whatnot. So it, it was interesting too, because I felt like it was sort of a pretty quick decision as well. Right. Where he's like, yeah, like five days ago, this hadn't occurred to me today. I'm good. I'm out. Yeah. And you know that there was probably a trip or two to the temple and a what? Wait, you what? What am I? Right. What? Let's do this one more time now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll uh, see where he, he lands. I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised in a few years. He, you know, gets another uh, opportunity to coach or um, I don't know. We'll see what's in his future. Yeah. And I love how we do all speculate on the, is he going to go to the NFL? Is it, is it a mission president? You know, is, are, are we talking about an apostle? He'd be a young, young apostle for crying out <laughs> yes, loud. A 70 yes. maybe, but we're, we're too early. I mean, when we're recording this, it's December when he sort of retired the 1st of December, that's too early for mission calls. They normally come out, you know, March, April. Yeah. Unless he's filling in for something. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Well, let me ask you this. Do you uh want, uh, do you want uh, just some horrible stories for a minute? (laughs) Let's go into the horrible stories. The man arrested for the Logan Temple break-in. Uh, you remember that we talked about this. He was arrested in 2019 for trying to break into the Logan, Utah temple. Uh, now faces charges for alleged sexual exploitation of a minor. He was a part oh, of what? a large Facebook group uh, that uh, shared terrible images of kids. And so, um, you know, certainly in trouble for trying to break into the temple, but now charged with alleged possession of child porn. Um, prosecutors dropped the charges. We shared this story in a previous articles of news. Um, the gentleman is James Douglas Robinson, uh, was accused of inappropriately touching a teenage girl during a girl's camp. Those case, th- those charges have been dropped. The attorney said those charges should have frankly never been filed. Uh, we were able to provide evidence and information that we were trying to get to the police be- detected beforehand, but were unable to. Uh, the prosecutor did the right thing. My client was innocent uh, from that. In September, Robinson mm. was charged with forcible sexual abuse, a second-degree felony. A 15-year-old girl claimed that during a trip in June at the Reed Ranch Resort in Hannah, Duchesne County, Robinson, who was her bishop at the time, had inappropriately touched her over her clothing. She was He was immediately... Um, released from his calling when the allegations were disclosed. Um, Evershed said he doesn't know why the girl made the allegation to begin with. Man, Ugh, people are awful, but Jesus is good. So thank goodness. Well, well and it's such a fascinating thing because you have to believe allegations, right? You have to yeah. walk them out, but mm-hmm. likely, 
even though, you know, found innocent of the charges, charges were dropped. That guy's life isn't the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't uh, get that just to go away because, you know, you went through the right legal channels or whatnot. So Um, this story, uh, the Idaho sheriff, uh, a southeast Idaho sheriff is taking a leave of absence after accusations that he threatened a church youth group and its leader with a gun. According to the news, uh, East Idaho News, Bingham County Sheriff Craig Rowland allegedly threatened a group of young girls and a woman outside of his home. They were dropping off kind notes, and he came out with a gun and said, what are you doing here? Made his way over to the car with the girls and their leader. He then allegedly pulled the woman out of the vehicle, made further threats. According to sources close to the event, the investigation, the women and girls were eventually able to drive away and call 911. Wowza. Somebody is high strung for sure. Yeah. Needs to take a chill pill. Well, and I, I get the impression and I don't know this. This may be me reading into it. So this is now this story. According to me, I think that he was someone who is a member of the church, but doesn't go frequently. And mm. so they were reaching out to him to be like, hey, you're loved. And he was like, don't love me. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's all uh, a whole topic that's, that's quite interesting. I remember, uh, you know, serving as a bishop and seeing some records with a note of do not contact. And I sort of took it uh, like, you know, I definitely want to respect that. But at the same time, I also want to just, <laughs> this is d- dangerous and why I'm not, wasn't the, the greatest bishop, but I just feel like if you're, if your name's on the roll, I think I have permission to touch base with you at least once a year, maybe yeah. once every five years. And so I would take those names and I would just stop and say, Hey, listen, my name's Kurt. I'm down the street. I'm the bishop here. I'm not here to like push up anything, you know, push anything on you. I see on your record says do not contact. Is that still the case? Is there anything we can help you with? And I just would, you know, take it as a, as a real, like just a con- honest conversation and say, and a lot of times I say, yeah, you know, you can just keep that on there and great. Hey, I may check in with you next year. Okay, great. Whatever. And generally it was a, a positive experience, but there's sort of this you know, we want to reach out to those who maybe aren't coming or befriend, befriend people, and then it can really go sour. As, as well, it's because we fabulize those stories, the mm-hmm. ones where it said, do not contact, but we felt inspired to reach out to them. And they were waiting because something horrible had gone into their life and they didn't know where they were going to turn. And we showed up, right? I mean, I yeah. think that really is for so many individuals, like the prompt that they go, I think that maybe this is the thing. And to the people that I feel like it's a genuine, like you're being moved by the spirit. I think, I think you can't ever go wrong when you follow the spirit, but to the people right. that that think it might be, or really, really want it to be, or man, this would be such a cool thing if it was, again, sort of fabulizing it, that then we go with it, and then we go reach out to these people that have said, yeah. do not contact me, and then, you know, just sort of add to it. It, it also, it, to me on some level, and, and I think that every case is probably unique, I also wonder like if you if your name is on the records of a church that you don't want to have anything to do with, like there is something curious to me about why someone would want to do that. And I know sometimes yeah. it's like, well, my family, my you know, my parents would know that I did this. You know, maybe they they're hedging bets or I you know, there's any sort of thing that would keep someone on it. But it is sort of a fascinating look to be like, well, if you don't want, why would you do it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and oftentimes the conversation I have with these members, you know, I very kindly just say, you know, 
we don't have to keep bothering you. I, I feel bad if you feel bothered. And so there is a process that you can remove your name and all is well, you know, I mean, I would hate, I would love for you just be part of our church community and whatnot, but you know, I hate for you to feel like you're trapped with these people, especially in Utah, where it's like, ah, oh, like, just leave me alone. Right. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and I, <laughs> my mind goes to another awkward story. When I was Bishop, we lived in a condominium complex and like, there's these neighbors that were in the same building and we would see them and, you know, but it wasn't, you know, we never, we never invited them over for ice cream, Richie. That mm, was my, mm. that was my first mistake. That's because you were already in the calling, but go ahead. <laughs> but then, so I never, you know, we'd have maybe a short 30 second conversation at the mailbox. And that's about as much as we knew each other. And, you know, we'd wave here and there. And then uh, I had no idea that they were members of the church and they sent in a letter to remove their, their names. So suddenly I'm tasked with like going over to their house, knocking on the door and being like, Hey, yeah, Kurt, I'm Kurt. I'm the guy that lives there. Well, I'm also the bishop. And so and it was just like this awkward exchange of like, oh yeah, well, come on in. We'll talk about this. And anyways, yeah. it, 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 go, go knock on the, your neighbor's door and invite him over for ice cream, Richie, regardless mm. of the aspiration of calling. And you, it will bless your life because, you know, you'll know the people that live around you and yeah. we all should. Yeah. It's an interesting thing uh, as I brought that up with folks, because the other side of it that people have pushed back to me is if people want to leave their names, they equate it to baptisms for the dead when we're like, hey, you know what? We're just baptizing people. And if they mm. accept it or not, you know, tell me how that's different from people just leaving their names on the roll just in case. Right. I don't yeah. know that it's a an equal comparison, but I, yeah. I do think that that's sort of an interesting uh, way of looking at it. Yeah. Uh, one, Any other stories you got that are old? I, uh, I don't know. What, I've got where you want tons. To go. I've got, I literally have. Go down the list, Richie. I, I mean, I, we're not going to get to all of them, so I can't. I can't <laughs> get, you know, I, 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 I guess we'll end here since we talked about, uh, you know, removal of the church. Chad Daybell. Hmm. Yes, the, he is uh, no longer a member, I believe, right? Yeah, that that's public. the thing. He was excommunicated, and it was made public that he was excommunicated. Normally, you don't hear about this stuff unless the individual um, comes forth and says, hey, uh, I was excommunicated, and you know, here's the deal with what's happening, or this is how this is happening. Um, but it seems that Chad Daybell has been excommunicated from the LDS Church. Apparently, two letters were sent to Daybell from the LDS Church stating that he could appeal the decision. He didn't get them until it was a month too late. So he is out, according to this particular article. This is, again, uh, a little old, but his trial— and you know what he said, Richie, when he got that letter? He said, you can't excommunicate me. I excommunicate you. Yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> he— uh, going to trial January of 2023. So a year out um, from when he will actually go to trial, not going to trial in the town or um, county yeah, that, he, by Boise now, that right? he alleged uh, allegedly killed those kids. Uh, he is going to be in the uh, county that Boise is in. So he got change of venue and... <sighs> oh boy. Any other, any other depressing stories you have for us? Is, uh, was our, I mean, was plenty. Our, I really do. Off. I really do have. Let me put them all together because we're not going to get to it. Coming up in the third block, uh, we're going to uh, talk about all those artifacts that are going up for sale, and you'll hear about why it's significant to uh, members of the church, why we should care, why they're worth over $3.4 But let me just, for those that are Patreon saints and for the satisfaction of you, Kurt, let me just show you how much other news I didn't get to. Wow. 
It's pages. It's pages. nearly an eighth of a ream. Now, how's your process, Richie? Every time you see a story, you just hit print and then no, put it on no, the stack? No, 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 okay. no, no. There are some that I'm like, no, nah, this is just a great shareable story. But I yeah. feel like if I, I'm probably uh, one of three stories is printable. Hmm. And then I just try and cram as many as I possibly can into the time that we do articles of news. Nice. So cool. I feel like one more good catch-up news, that'll get us there. You'll be back on the horse. Yeah. You'll be be rolling. So. Yeah. Yep. Were you quoting lyrics to a country song right there? A con- <laughs> one of those new country rap songs? Uh, <laughs> Getting up on the horse and rolling. No? <laughs> no, that that not? Not, that's not my uh, genre. Okay. So. Okay. We'll get you to sing it next time. Thank you, Curtis. Find him at leadingsaints.org. Be sure you sign up for the young, but not necessarily youth, but not necessarily like all young folk uh, summit that's coming up. It's the 12 to 26, you know, youth, young, youngish, young adjacent uh, members of the church. You can sign up for that. And he sends out an email every week. You can help him talk about things like his new logo and what it's like being a 501c3. <laughs> Kurt, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Reggie. I think. Hey, friends. Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. And as you know, there's been this humongous video card shortage. In fact, there's been a huge electronic component shortage. But no need to worry. At PC Laptops, we just got in shiploads of NVIDIA and AMD video cards. We have them in stock right now. And they're available with all new PC Laptops desktop computer systems. All of our desktops are backed with a lifetime parts and labor warranty. That means if your video card blows up in 10 years, you're covered 100%. Now you can get our cutting edge PCs for as low as $29 a month. And we also have 12 month special financing. Hurry into PC Laptops right now and grab a desktop computer with an NVIDIA or AMD video card. Because at PC Laptops, we really love you. PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, another great news story that we're excited to share with you. If you follow any sort of Latter-day Saint news online or you have one of these uh, collectors that ping you when, when things come up, you probably heard about this more than 4,000 item, more than $3 million collection of rare historic letters, books, and documents relating to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's called the G. Ralph Bailey uh, Collection. And yes, uh, as we think about the holidays, it is George Bailey. Yeah, not that George Bailey. That is a fictional one. Uh, But uh, G. Ralph Bailey, and here to tell us a little bit about the collection, what's in it, and why it's going for such a high price is Jerry Erklins, the personal property appraiser at Intermountain Auction and Appraisal. Welcome, Jerry. Well, thank you. The The collection's really a spectacular collection, and I believe uh, that it's the finest collection in private hands in the world. Of course, the LDS Church at BYU and the University of Utah and a couple other universities have wonderful collections, too. But uh, this, I think, is the best in private hands. It's just fantastic. So tell me what you know about G. Ralph Bailey. Well, I met him several years ago. He had to have something appraised uh, for an insurance policy. And he called me and uh, we became friends after that. And uh, he uh, was somebody that was so excited about finding his little treasures. Uh, My office is in my house. 
Hmm. And I live on the avenues. And he, his office was uh, on, uh, I think, 2nd South and between 6th and 7th East. I, and I, I don't, that could be the wrong address. But it, anyway, it was real close. Uh-huh. And he would periodically call me and say, are you home? And I'd say, <laughs> yes. And he'd say, don't leave. And he'd dash over with something that he had found. He was so excited and so anxious to show someone. And he didn't do it a lot with me, but he did it periodically. And he did other things with other people that I've talked to over the years the same way. If it was something that they were interested in and he found it, he'd call them up and go zoom right over to show them. Give give me an idea. What was it that that drove him to collect these Latter Day Saint, um, you know, artifacts? It, he, I'm assuming, and I guess maybe wrongfully so, to assume anything, but that he was a member of the church. Yes, he was a real active member, uh, and uh, he uh, just loved church history. He loved Western history, but uh, especially church history. And, and what did he do professionally that afforded him the opportunity to be able to go and to find these? Uh, collectibles all the country over. He was an orthodontist. Ah, hmm. Okay. And so, uh, neighbor essentially of yours is like, "Hey, don't move. Coming over. Got this well, thing." <laughs> yeah. Well, just just his office. He lived in Bountiful, but uh, his office was real close to my house. Give me an idea of one of the things that he brought over, and he said, "Jerry, you got to look at this." Well, he got a first edition uh, Arnold Freiburg book. Mm. with uh, all of the Book of Mormon paintings in it. Wow. And he brought it over to show me. Uh, that was really interesting. Uh, and then he knows that I'm interested in art. He gave me the book. Oh, wow. So also a very and, giving gentleman as well. Oh, yeah. He was really generous. <laughs> and, I don't, you know, the books, it, it's a really nice gift. It's kind of a valuable book. But I then I show everybody to this day. So he also showed me um, the reference, uh, the Book of Mormon reference book that was found at Hans Mill. He called me up one day and showed me that. Came over and showed me. Give me a little bit more uh, details about what that particular artifact is. Well, uh, I don't know when they started putting them in, but it was real early uh, in the church history. But uh, with every first edition Book of Mormon, they would stick this reference guide in the back. And uh, someone found this particular copy at Hans Mill, and they're really rare. The, the reference alone is, uh, has a value of about $25,000. Now, is it just the rarity that makes these things um, so costly? Uh, the rarity uh, and supply and demand. People want them. Yeah. So, so uh, the, the, and the history is awfully important too, and, and like in some of the letters, the history is incredible. So, with all of this collection, over four thousand items, and knowing that it's going to go for at least three million dollars, or is valued, I should say, at at least three million plus, uh, that limits the amount of people who would likely buy this. And I guess as just a, a general member of the church, like to me, I just think that. The church would probably just step in and say, yep, here you go, uh, George Bailey family, we'll give you the money and, and, and let's take it. Is, is there some thought that that wouldn't be what happens? No, that won't happen. How come? Uh, well, um, the church has everything in the collection except several of the letters. Huh. And they, they would like uh, the family to take those letters out and give to them. But... Um, everything else they've got. 
What what is it about the time now uh, that they've decided? Hey, this is this is the time we are going to sell this, and the the contingent that they have to keep the whole collection together. Well, uh, Ralph died about um, I think thirteen years ago, hmm. and his wife Sylvia died uh, uh, over just a little over a year ago. And uh, when she died, the family decided that they would uh, sell the collection. Hmm. Hmm. And the reason to keep it together, because they could potentially make more money if they divided it out. Is it just because, you know, this was their, their father or grandfather's collection and, and to honor him? I I believe so. Uh, that's part of it anyway. Um, and, and the collection, the the family, and, and they're, they're probably right, of course, but the family doesn't think that there's a theme to um, his collecting. And um, I kind of feel like there is uh, or maybe it's just a, a subplot uh sub theme uh but it's the mormon war uh mm-hmm. there's so much there's so many books and pamphlets and uh almost all of the brigham young letters not all but almost all uh, have some sort of reference to something that was happening during the mormon war are, are there any things, I mean, you mentioned some of the Brigham Young letters, and I know that some of the most valuable one, valuable items uh, in the collection, you mentioned the Book of Mormon, the first edition with the reference pages and Hans Mill. There's some other Book of Mormon first editions. But what, what is it that's in, like, the Brigham Young letter from the 8th of August of 1857 or the one from March of 1859? What is it about those particular letters that make them that much more valuable? I would think anything sort of penned by the hand of Brigham Young would be valuable. What's in those letters? Well, I I don't have the letters in front of me right now, so I can't tell you the dates. Okay. But I can tell you uh, there there's one of the letters where um, Brigham Young is complaining about uh, the the federal judges and prosecutors and the the U.S. Army being here hmm. uh, to protect those judges. And uh, the in another letter, he calls President Buchanan uh, Beelzebub, the great <laughs> Satan. Um, in another letter, he tells uh, of the burning of uh, Fort Bridger and the destruction of all of the army's stored uh, food and animals. And uh, he he then sends uh, jokes that he sent the army uh, 40 wagon loads of salt in case (laughs) they need salt. So, and, and that's what makes all this stuff so interesting and valuable. Most people don't know how he uh, hated and, and really feared the federal prosecutors. Yeah. They wanted him to testify, uh, and, and that's in a lot of the letters, too. They wanted him to testify about Mountain Meadows, huh. Huh. and he never had to. He, you know, he, he was smart enough that he could always find a way out, but uh, they wanted him to testify. You know, giving folks a, a quick heads up, if you want to see some pictures of some of these items, um, we've been graciously shared those, and you can find them in the link associated with this episode at theculturalhall.com. So how does this auction work from here out? People can uh, hop online and be able to see and read about some of the items, but in my mind, I, I envision a room in downtown Salt Lake somewhere where we sort of in hushed tones welcome in the wealthiest within the church or interested in the church, and, and in a very silent manner, everyone you know sort of raises their, 
their little, uh, you know, auction stick or whatever you would call those things, and then this thing gets sold. Paddles. Paddles. That's it. Paddles. Is that is that how uh, this will actually get sold, or is it much different? No, no. Um, what uh, Scott Best, uh, the trustee and son-in-law, is um, is going to sell it. Uh, so right now, uh, if you contact Scott Best. Uh, he will send you packet with the, all the items in them. And if you want, you can call his uh, brother-in-law, Greg Bailey, and look at the items. If you have any questions about the items, you can call me. Hmm. And then uh, he's just going to take offers, and the highest offer he'll accept. And when do they hope to sell it by? I don't think they have uh, a deadline. Hmm. So when you say highest, I guess I just wonder, you know, well, there might be another high one out there in the future. I guess they just get, when they get to the point that they feel like it's valued and it's high enough, then they say, sold! And then... That's what they'll do. That, that's the plan. Is, is there anything within uh, the, the law uh, around this that it has to be disclosed who purchases it? Are these things public or can they be completely private and... and, and they, they can see- be completely private. There's <laughs> no... Uh, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm I'm sure that it can be sold uh, to anybody they want to sell it to. It, it's uh, it's private property, so. Huh. As you think about the uh, collection in its entirety, the four thousand plus items, is there anything that uh, that you know either strikes your interest as just being sort of odd or maybe out of sorts, or something that you're like, if they would divide it and you could purchase just one of those items that you would maybe go after. I, you know, I wouldn't mind having a first edition Book of Mormon, but other than that, I no, no, uh, I'm I'm not a big uh, collector of Mormon memorabilia. What what is it then that got you into being a, an appraiser of such a thing? Well, I'm a personal property appraiser. I I specialize in art, antiques, uh, historic documents, rare books, vintage cars, and antique weapons. Hmm. And so this just sort of I, I don't special I I don't specialize at all in LDS uh, memorabilia, but I do it occasionally. Wow. But it's not my specialty. I'm not uh, just exclusive uh, Mormon memorabilia. Jerry Erkelin's the appraiser for this amazing collection. It'll be interesting to see how much this ends up going for. Uh, they're valuing it at three point two. Is that right, Jerry? Yes. And, million. and they're taking offers, so uh, contact those folks. I'll leave that contact information uh, along with some pictures for you to be able to see various parts of this collection that will be available at theculturalhall.com. Jerry, thank you for giving me of your time and, and being willing to tell us a little bit about the process of this and some of the things that are interest. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, and uh, tell everybody to look at it, even if they aren't interested in buying it. Just uh, send uh, for the packet and take a look at it, because it's really interesting. Is there an all-in-one stop shop uh, website that people can go to see? I mean, obviously we can Google it, but is there one that you would lead people toward? No, we don't. I don't think uh, it would be. You'd have to 
uh, go through Scott Best and he would send you the information. Awesome. Well, we appreciate your time. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, Brother Brent, and Chocolate Cake Bites podcast will be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the Culture Hall Show.